0: KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria.
1: Hello and thank you once again for joining us uh, here at AM630 KSLR. This is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development, and uh, we're so happy that you're joining us today. In the studio today, we are featuring uh, Pastor Tony Gibson. of the he is the pastor of Sweet River Church here in San Antonio, and uh, we're going to be spending the next few minutes talking about what things are going, uh, what what's going on over at Sweet River Church. And uh, so, Pastor, welcome to the studio. we I'd like to thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here with you. All right. Well, listen, our goal here today is just to let our listeners know a little bit more about who you are and what uh, Sweet River Church is about and just kind of give them an overview. So why don't we start out a little bit with your background. Tell us kind of where you're from and how you ended up here in San Antonio and pastoring. Okay.
2: I'm a native to San Antonio. um, Born, raised here. um, Spent most of my life in the northwest side of San Antonio. uh, Received Christ in the seventh grade through a bus driver who shared Christ with me, uh, but did not walk with the Lord until um, about 1981. Mm. And from there, my life began to take uh, drastic change into the in, the in the right direction. Yeah. 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 And so from there, um, I entered Bible college not too long after my conversion uh, at a uh, Pentecostal Missionary Bible College mm-hmm. here in San Antonio, a great college called ibc mm-hmm. i, I don 't think it 's still in business i 'm not sure yeah, familiar but with it. Uh, went four years there, received a degree uh, wasn 't sure what I was supposed to do with my life other than uh, just be in the ministry wherever God wanted me, but i hadn 't really pinned it down until I believe it was one thousand nine hundred and ninety one That the Lord began to speak to me about being a pastor. And so Mm. uh, at that time, I was currently in a, a denomination, a Pentecostal denomination. Uh, And I began to think about being a pastor. And it was kind of outside of my thinking because I still was unhealed in a lot of areas of my life. But um, God was working on those things. And when Mm. he called me to be a pastor, he didn't mean that that very next day I would go and pastor. But I thought so at the time. And so I began to try to make things happen, and they could not happen. And God was saying, no, slow it down. You're going to be a pastor, but not yet. Yeah. so training. Yeah. yeah just uh just some uh things that needed to be solidified in me my my theology began to change as well i, I came from a very heavy pentecostal background but, but things began to change for me theologically mm. and so that today i look at myself as a blend of many things uh mostly a protestant reformed view mm-hmm. type of uh, uh i guess you could call that a position in life yet i still have that pentecostal side of me, yeah. uh, the moving of the Spirit of God, uh, the manifestations of the Spirit. All these things are, are welcomed in our church, yeah. yet we're very grace-oriented in a lot of things. Yeah. T- take us back to when you're seven years
1: old. How does the conversation start between you and a bus driver where he leads you to Christ? <laughs> well, we
2: used to make fun of our bus driver. I'll never forget <laughs> him because it was a public school, and uh, his name was Mr. Brister. And I actually tried to find him. I ca- I could not. He. It turned out that he was actually a student at the very college that I ended up going to oh, okay. later, yeah. and I tried to find him. I could not, but we used to make fun of him because he would drive the school bus, and he would uh, praise the Lord out loud while he drove. And so every really? time he turned a corner with the with the bus, he would say, praise the Lord. <laughs> and my friend David and I, we would sit there and just absolutely make fun of him. Yeah. And so we decided uh, to, you know, kind of inquire with him. Why do you do what you do? Why yeah. do you sing these praise songs? And we didn't understand. And so, and he said to us, "Do you really want to know?" And, and and we said, "Yes." And he said, "Why don't you come over my house and I'll tell you all about it?" Mm. Now he lived on property at the college, and it was actually just by coincidence, if you can say it's coincidence, uh, he lived down the street from us. And so we decided to go and visit him. And we came to his house. He lived in the married community, and uh, he prayed over us. He didn't really witness a lot to us, mm-hmm. but he put his hands on us, and he prayed over us, and and he introduced us some some of his friends and, and walked us around the campus, and he shared a little bit of Christ with us, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like a seed had been planted in me in the seventh grade that had not come to fruition until I was 21 years old. Wow. Uh, but it did come. And so uh, it, it, even though uh, there was a great impression left on me in the seventh grade, I did not walk with the Lord, nor was I given any instruction on how to walk with the Lord. I was raised in the Catholic Church, but not really understanding a Protestant message of grace or any of those kinds of Mm -hmm. things. Wow. And what happened to your other friends? You said that you kept saying we. I don't know. David, My friend David, I don't know what ever happened to him. I don't remember. Uh, In high school, we kind of uh, split apart. We were not friends. We weren't as as good of friends as we were uh, in junior high, and so I'm not sure what happened to
1: him. Wow. I wonder what... uh, Bus drivers today, if they were, if they'd be shouting uh, "Praise the Lord" around every corner, what would happen to them? Oh, they'd
2: probably get fired. I <laughs> believe <I'm not>, <laughs> things have changed a lot. Yeah, well, back in those days, if there was a fight on the bus or something, they'll just throw you off right there in the intersection. They didn't. It, they didn't. Wow. They were just. It was a different world. Very different back in those days. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah.
1: So when you're 21, you all of a sudden begin to feel this calling that's starting to grow inside of you to pastor. And so you're chomping at the bit, based on what you just told me here. You're kind of chomping at the bit. You wanted to make things happen. Uh, what kind of rebuke
2: did God give you to, to kind of slow things down? Well, well the, is- the the rebuke did not come until 1991, which is several years later. I had already graduated college. I went okay. through four years of college not knowing why I was there, mm. other than I, Bible I, college, just regular Bible college. college yeah. Okay, Bible yeah. college, and uh, I I was there because I wanted to be more than just a Christian who went to church on Sunday. I was very interested in mm-hmm. the scriptures, and I wanted a formal training. I had never really thought it through uh, of actually going into the. I know that sounds crazy, but to actually go into the ministry, I hadn't really thought it through until after I had left the college. After I was already graduated, uh, where the Lord began to speak to me about being a pastor, mm-hmm. and I said, "Okay." I don't know how I could possibly do that because even my personality in those days I was not terribly relational mm. as a person. And so I knew that God had to do some healing in me before I could do that. Of course I was, you know, not quite smart enough to figure that out. I started I tried to work a ministry immediately mm. and of course that didn't work out. So yeah.
1: So you weren't very relational. You didn't I was not. And how how has <laughs> that uh, how has that affected you along along the way or you mentioned something about healing. So God has healed you in that area. To now you can actually
2: be the pastor. And uh... yeah, I like to use the word whole. He, he yeah. has he has developed things in me. Uh, just maturing in Christ mm-hmm. is a better way to put it. Uh, where things that in my past were difficult are now pretty easy. I mean, most of the time I can out-talk my wife. You know, I can. <laughs> I, I'm very relational. I can yeah. always talk okay. to just about anybody. At any time, and so, so God uh, did that inside of you. It well, to be a pastor, out. you have to be very re- uh, to be a good pastor. Yeah. you have to be very relational, and you have to be able to get into other people's business and and help them and do whatever you need to do. And so yeah. I knew that much. I mm-hmm. just didn't know how I was going to be able to do that. God was speaking to me about being a pastor. Yeah. So
1: so when God begins to uh, put this hunger in your heart to to be a pastor to go into ministry full time, walk us through that. How, how does that play? Play out
2: well, you mean from nineteen ninety one I had to shelve a lot of things and just keep doing what I was doing um now I was at that time, I was involved in a denomination mm-hmm. and I was acting as an assistant pastor mm-hmm. uh, but I really had no authority like the pastor did, nor did I function like the like the pastor did yeah. and um But after I moved out of there, it was still several years had gone by. God had given me the word that I was going to be a pastor, but uh, there was nothing opening for me in terms of getting the ball
1: rolling. For someone that doesn't understand how one knows that they're going to become a pastor, did your word come via uh, a prophetic word? Was it a dream, a vision, something that God spoke to your spirit? How did you know that you were going to become a pastor? Um, that's a
2: good question. It, it's more of a kind of knowing in your knower. Mm. God was speaking to me directly, uh, not in an audible way, but he began to speak to me about being a pastor. And no, there was no prophetic words over me. There was none of that. Um, but it was my – on the, deep down on the inside of me, I realized that, okay, maybe this is – I need to consider this, mm. where I had never considered it. Yeah. And so it would make sense. I went through four years of college, and I trained to be a pastor, or I trained to be in the ministry at some capacity, yet had never really dawned on me that I was going to be a pastor. I had a very – you know, coming out of the world and the unsafe life, I was very – I had a low self-esteem, and I had to overcome many things. Uh, and, and God had to do a, a lot of knitting together of things that weren't quite knit together mm-hmm. before he could plant that on me. And so in from 1991 to, I want to say, 2003, um, it was just a time to wait mm-hmm. and to continue to prepare. And so that in 1990 – or excuse me, 2003 – 2003 2004 right around there god started speaking to me again get ready
1: yeah so what do you do meanwhile do you have a, did you oh, have I a regular was, career and
2: i was well i was working a variety of jobs mm-hmm. you know trying to make a living and i yeah. used to do home repair uh working in a restaurant mm-hmm. various things trying to uh live my life now I, at that time i was single and mm-hmm. so You know, as a single guy, I was just doing what I do. And at the same time, uh, working ministries, working in various churches had – I had done some music ministry in various churches mm-hmm. uh, over those years. And so I kept busy, mm-hmm. but I wasn't doing what my heart wanted me to do. I mean, I used to sell Toyotas, and I was a car salesman. You, yeah. you, if you just ask me what I've done, I've probably done it because yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I had all these different things that I was doing, trying to figure out, okay, that I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in yeah. that. What am I interested in? Oh, Yeah. God called me to be a pastor. But yeah. I don't see doors opening for me. Hmm. Uh, there is no one there that's pulling for me. Yeah. Yet uh, it was happening. In in 2003, 2004, he started to speak to me again. Okay, get ready mm-hmm. and uh, launch out. In or 2004, and I said, Lord, I have no money. I have no congregation. How do you do that? Mm. Yeah. And so um, we just did it. Yeah. Uh, long story short on that, uh, I had moved to New Braunfels, Texas. Uh, My sister wanted me to live closer to her. My parents have have passed, and I have relatives, my brothers in Houston, my Mm -hmm. other sisters in California. And so um, through her connection, I told her what God had said to me. She walks with the Lord, and and she said, I think it's a great thing. We need to do this. And so together we began to just put things together Mm -hmm. uh, and just start. Yeah. And we did. You
1: just got to take that step of faith. We,
2: it was a step of faith. Uh, we got out of the boat and started to walk on the water. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable because we, we don't have the we didn't have a denominational back, backing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got you know I gathered together uh, a bunch of ministry associates to come to our first service. Mm-hmm. Did flyered neighborhoods and um, I think we even came on KSLR. I can't remember, but we yeah. we did a variety of things. And uh, our first service, we were running probably maybe 60 people mm-hmm. for our first service. Most of them were friends. Yeah. And so we knew that uh, eventually these friends are going to go home, yeah. and they're going to go back to their church, which we want—we wanted them to. We were not trying to steal them. Sure. And so that we'd have to roll up our sleeves, get into that neighborhood, and do the groundwork just like every other church Horse. does the groundwork. Yeah. And we did that. We did a lot of door-to-door knocking in those yeah. early years of Sweet River Uh, And uh, it was fun because we saw people uh, saved. We had a lot of opportunities to see people – their lives were changed right there at the door. Mm -hmm. Not all of it translated into membership for our church, but we were okay with that. We just felt like we were doing the right thing by ministering to the people in the neighborhood. Right.
1: Well, you're expanding the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's about expanding the kingdom yeah. of God and not expanding your ministry, your personal right. ministry. yeah. That's good. Uh, so what would you say, oh, by the way, for those of you that are just joining us now, um, you're um, listening to an interview that we're conducting here. My name is Mark Longoria with uh, KSLR, and I'm, I'm interviewing Pastor Tony Gibson uh, from uh, Sweet River Church. Uh, so, thank you so much for tuning in. And we're just uh, finding out some more information about him and about his church. So, Pastor, tell, tell me, what words of wisdom would you give to someone right now that is... Um, is right at that place where you were a while back. They're right now in a career. They're right now doing what they thought was going to be their job for the rest of their life. Uh, And they feel the tugging of the Holy Ghost saying, hey, you need to obey me and you need to pastor. You need to begin to prepare. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I believe there's an inner battle between, well, this is what I'm comfortable doing. This is what I've been educated to do. I've got my career going. Uh, But yet, in the midst of that, the Holy Ghost is tugging in your heart saying, this right. is what yeah. my perfect will is for you. What would you say to someone right now that's right at that crossroads?
2: Yeah, I can definitely relate to to them because uh, that's where I was. And I, I am a firm believer that God has to truly give you a call. Mm-hmm. He has to make it known to you, his intentions, in such a profound way that you know in – I call it you know in your knower. hmm you know in your knower that that's what you're supposed to be doing. If it's never a settled matter deep down on the inside of you, then I would suggest you stay right where you are until it becomes a settled matter. If mm-hmm. it becomes a settled matter that, yes, you are to be in the function in the role of a pastor in the ministry, then uh, from there it's a matter of hearing what God has to say because He may say to you, uh, I want, I'm going to make you a pastor. Uh, it may not be that year, it may not be for five years right. or seven years, mm-hmm. and because sometimes God does that i, I don 't know why, other than the fact that He just wants us to to slow down and listen to him, and it 's very possible that maybe i just wasn 't listening, and I could have sped things up just simply by listening to him mm-hmm. rather than uh, you know just kind of try to make things happen on my own so i 'm a, a firm believer that whoever's out there needs to know that, okay, God has called me to this. I can't think of anything else. I can't think of Toyotas, you know, selling Toyotas when I'm thinking of the ministry. Right. And so, um, that's the way I was. Uh, every profession that I had, I used to, re- uh, manage restaurants. Um, didn't want to manage restaurants. I just – I needed the salary, mm-hmm. but all I could think about was the scriptures, yeah. and all I could think about was the ministry. And mm-hmm. it was my heartbeat, and it, it was like a seed that was growing more and more and more in my life. So if if you're out there and you say, hey, that's me, okay, then just wait for God to give you the next sign. Mm-hmm. He, he, will, he will set you up so that you can be successful. Yeah. And he'll put you in the right place. It doesn't guarantee that you are successful, yeah. but he'll put you in that position so that you can work the works of God, and as you're faithful in it, God will make you successful. And you know that
1: you're walking in his will. You're being yeah. obedient to the calling yeah. of God. Good. Yeah.
2: Tell, let's let's uh, talk uh,
1: about the church. Uh, how did you come up with this name, uh, Sweet River Church?
2: You know, everyone that asked me this, um, they always liked the name. And, I, you know, I remember sitting in a, a – I was employed with the church in Bernie, Texas, Mm-hmm and I was sitting at an office desk look, thinking about the name. Um, I always My favorite scripture is John 7, 37 through 39, and I quoted it uh, today, uh, that out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And so he's talking about this river that's locked up on the inside of us, and so that um, if we ask him, to quench our thirst, he will. And so I thought, river, river, sweet river. Uh, a sweet river to me is a river that is matured. A sweet river, it, it, it's, I went around in circles with various names that were similar, but I ended up with, you know what, we need to be Sweet River Church. Yeah. And um, I just did it. And it's stuck ever since. And yeah. so we decided to start our church with the name Sweet River Very Church. Very nice. That's good. It's yeah. a good name. Yeah. So what do you want people to know about your church? Well, um, we are a variety of things. And mm-hmm. um, like I was saying to you earlier, Mark, that we are uh, very Protestant Reformed. In, our, in other words, we, we uh, embrace the earliest Protestant Reformers on issues of salvation. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, we, we have a, a, ne- a unique slant in that we are uh, what we would call in the Pentecostal world, we're very spirit-filled. Uh, allowing the gifts of the Holy Spirit to move. To move. Some would call it the charismatic okay. type of thing. Okay, let's,
1: let's bring that down to a layman's terms. If someone's listening and says, I don't know what Reformation is, I don't know what the <laughs> gifts of the Spirit are, what is all uh-huh. that, that? What does that mean to the guy that just accepted Jesus Christ Is listening to the radio station that wants to connect to the church somewhere? Right.
2: Well, uh, those two ideas, is that what you're
1: asking? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of explain it in layman's terms.
2: Okay, um, when we say that we are Protestant Reformed it means that we we have paid attention to what the earliest Protestants were protesting uh, in the most narrow sense. And they were protesting a lack of of grace hmm. in the church. And so they fought for that. And so our church fights for grace, yeah. for unconditional grace. And we believe that this is the foundation to a healthy ministry, mm-hmm. is to have great grace. Yes, And so um, on the other end... If you study church history, you see that there were many moves of God. And one of those moves was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe you can you know find its original move in Acts chapter 2. Sure. But since then there have been many great moves of God we would call them manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Some churches get really upset when you talk about the Holy Spirit having a manifestation in their church. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. We're okay. We let them have whatever they want to have. We allow God to be free. Uh not to draw attention to any one particular but to have his way with people. And so manifestations of the Holy Spirit are simply God's uh, presence in, uh, in a very um, uh, known way. We, are, yeah. we're, we know that he's with us. Yes. And so you put those two combinations together, especially in our church history, great grace, Protestant reform view, you put that together with a, a, a charismatic slant. You have a very unique combination that is rare. It's rare in, in our community. Uh, you're either one or the other in, yeah. in most cases. And so um, I'm saying to you that we we share both of those together, mm-hmm. which makes up our church. Now, to the, someone who just got saved, they still may not know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They just have to come and see, and they can figure it out. We we love to love people, yeah. and we love the Spirit of God. Yeah, that's great. Well, give us a glimpse of
1: uh, what a typical church service would look like. What would someone expect when they walk in the doors?
2: Well, like I guess, like any other church service, you're going to be greeted you're not going to be ignored, uh, but we'll greet you to the level that you want to be greeted. Some people like to be greeted, and then they don't like to be messed with the rest of the service. They just want to kind of check you out right we don't We don't uh, draw attention to you or anything like that. You come in there, our songs we're going we're going to sing contemporary music uh live music uh our songs, and people are going to worship God and you're going to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to be friendly with you, yeah. Um, and so – and then I'll come up and I'll preach the sermon. Yeah. And I usually preach a verse-to-verse type of sermon most of the time because mm-hmm. I'm really convinced that a lot of Christians today are really stuck on topics yeah. – and they don't know the scriptures, and mm-hmm. so I, I spend a lot of time going verse by verse over the scriptures together with people. And so that's what we do, and and it's not really complicated. There's nothing there that is unusual, mm-hmm. or different. Uh, we have a, a similar format to many other churches. Mm-hmm. You know, preaching the word, singing, encouraging people, loving people. Uh, many of us will go out to eat lunch after church, as you know, as what we do. And so mm-hmm. um, that's it. That's Very what we good. do. There's a certain
1: group. There's a certain type of person that God calls to be a part of a of a church plant, of a church that's growing, uh, of a brand new church. I think, um, you know, we find different types of people, obviously different strokes for different folks. But there are some people that would just rather take their family and just be a part of a large church where they can just kind of blend in and, you sure. know, don't. Don't ask me to do stuff. And I'm just going to walk in and walk right out, and no one will ever know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some other people that, you know, they want hands-on. They want to right. get in there, and how can I help? And what what type of person does it take to be a part of a church that God has called and that is uh, that is small in number yet is growing based on the vision that God has given?
2: That's a great question, and I'm glad that you asked it. Um, I I have been in both small and large mm-hmm. churches over the years, mega churches down to 20 people, 15 people. And so I understand the dynamics of that. Our church is at an infancy size, and so some people are absolutely intimidated mm-hmm. by a small size, and they'll come once or twice, and then they won't come back simply because of the size. Uh, they, I would suggest that they find a very large church because mm-hmm. they're not ready for a small environment. When you actually connect with us, there's, there's more than what meets the eye. We don't have all the whistles and bells that large churches have, uh, and I don't. By the way, I don't put down large churches. I think large churches get to be large for a reason. Sure, they're doing some things right. Right, uh, but there's it's just a different dynamic. I came from a church that had uh, at that time had over ten thousand people, and that was you know it's it's grown since then. But um, you you have to want to be there and Mm -hmm. you have to be comfortable knowing that everyone knows that you just walked in the room, they know you, they know you by name, they want to talk to you Mm -hmm. some people are not ready for that yet they need need to go into a large church and and sit in a crowd and be there for a while, sometimes the crowd can be like a security blanket Mm -hmm. until God works on them for a while and then he removes the security blanket and he puts them into a a place where um, it's a little more transparent Mm -hmm. very good yeah,
1: yeah i' i mean I've been a part of a church plant, so I know exactly what it's like to um have those types of people and you're for those of you that are listening that say you know what you're maybe you're uh, you haven't found a home church, maybe you're new to the city or you've been displaced or whatever, and you're looking for a home church, uh, somewhere where you can be personal, personally introduced to the pastor, you can meet everyone at the church, there's a family environment, there's a place where you would bring your gifts to the table and say, hey, how can I be of assistance to this ministry? Then we invite you to come out and visit uh, Sweet River Church. Um, they're located right here off of 281 and 1604, right, up in the north right. side of 1604?
2: It's, the address is 19280 Redland Road. We mm. meet at the Holiday Inn, yeah, which is facing 281, just outside of 1604. Yeah, We meet in the executive banquet room every Sunday morning at 1130. You are so welcome to come and visit us and uh, just see what we're about.
1: Okay, well, there you have it. You've got a personal invitation on behalf of both AM630 KSLR as well as Pastor Tony Gibson, pastor of Sweet River Church, to come out and be with him uh, Sundays at 1130 a.m. That's the Holiday Inn uh, Hotel just uh, north of 1604 off of Highway 281. Once you walk in there on Sunday morning at 1130, just ask for the executive banquet room, and they'd be glad to uh, point, uh, point you in the right direction. Um, and um, number over at your place in case they want to get a hold of you or want to ask you some questions. Sure.
2: Our church line is area code 210-325-4671.
1: Very good. That's uh, 210-325-4671. And if they want to go online, where can they find you on the Internet?
2: SweetRiverChurch.org or www.SweetRiverChurch.org. Pretty simple. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, Pastor, we want to appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, with us and we just pray blessings over you your congregation and everything that god is doing out there with
2: uh, sweet girl church absolutely thank you all right god bless
0: thank you for joining us today as we featured the am 630 kslr church of the week we hope that during this past half hour you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church we encourage you to get involved in your local community church If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.